payback Talk that shit like say that Tell him that I'm coming Catch him running for that payback For that payback Coming for that payback Taking what I wanna get Welcome everybody to Trees I Show I'm here with Raymond, Travis, Ellie And our special guest today You've seen him, you know, growing up Some of us just rocked the hoodies Of the show he was on on VHS uh, See a bunch of DVDs The one, the only rap himself How you doing, man? Good, man Thanks for having me on no, it's awesome. We really it's our pleasure. It. Yeah, our pleasure. It's just great when we talk to people who like. I'd hate to use the word idolize, but we did try to mimic and reenact some of your stuff, which we'll get to later. But like, <laughs> you know, we really appreciate you coming on. But before we get into some of the stuff, we want to ask. We do want to know, like, since the Viva La Bam days, the Jackass days. Like, I know you started your own film company and stuff. Like, what have you been up to? I know you did a podcast for a little, but like, just for people who haven't, you know, kept up. Like, what what was life like after the Viva La Bam days and stuff? A lot of masturbation. Gotcha. Me yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew we had a lot in common. <laughs> um, no, man. I um, yeah, just you know, I mean, as far as like. Um, after that stuff, you know, there was, there was some dark, there was a dark period. Then there was, uh, then, you know, kind of came out of that and, um, and then got onto the other side of the camera. Um, I mean, I don't know how heavy you want to get into all right after, like after the fact it was like, it's your, um, call, it's your call, man, whatever you feel comfortable talking about, man. Yeah. I mean, I didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it for a lot of years just cause I was going through it. But, uh, but right when the show was over, Bam and I had a falling out. Um, I kind of went my separate ways. Uh, didn't like the way he was acting and had be and the person he had become. And, um, and my, and me myself, I wasn't really fond of who I was at the time. And, uh, I got heavy into, uh, some some heavy drugs and and uh, drinking and all that kind of stuff and uh, just became kind of a sneaky, creepy person for a little oh. while and uh, and then I got uh, to a place where I needed help and um, and then I got help and and I got sober and clean from drugs and alcohol and um, and then as a result of that I was able to work through some of those resentments and some of those things with some of the relationships um, that, you know, kind of had soured as a result of the uh, entertainment business. And, um, you know, and then, uh, and then we were able to work through that stuff and, and uh, become friends again. And, and, uh, and then I, you know, had decided, I was trying to figure out like what I was going to do, you know, because I like when you, when you're putting together your resume and your resume says he shits on things, you know, it's kind of hard to say, what, what are my, what are my qualifications for, uh, for this position? So, um, so I had to kind of go back to the drawing board and figure out what type of, um, you know, skills that I, I had and how I could acquire, you know, ones in order to make a living. And, uh, and really it just made perfect sense to just kind of go onto the other side of the camera and start doing work like that. And, um, originally I went, I went, started at the bottom as a, as a production assistant. Um, and I, you know, I hate to say the bottom because really production assistant people are the, the glue that hold everything together. They're the ones that make it all happen. And, uh, and I was able to learn that and see that and respect that position, um, because, uh, I did it, you know, and, uh, and then I moved into the camera department because like, you know, as, as a production assistant, you get an opportunity to see all aspects of the set, you know? So, when uh, I was doing, uh, I would say Jackass was the first thing that was uh, quote unquote professional. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it didn't, <laughs> the reason I say that is because the set didn't really run like how a normal set, like if you go on to like a show like SWAT, I worked on that show. Like that show is like a big deal fucking 
huge budget. There's every position is filled according to the union and it works and flows the way it does. There's big stunts and all these kind of action scenes and stuff like that. And obviously we were called, we were called stuntmen uh, for Jackass because we had to be, basically they had to say, you know, these people are professionals are doing what they're doing, but we're like, are we, I don't know. We're just throwing ourselves off of buildings and breaking bones. I don't know if this is considered professional, but, um, but then that was funny. Cause in the beginning, we all got these shirts that said professional on it because they were like, you know, it was just ridiculous that they were calling us that. But, um, but yeah, so then I got the opportunity to go into that side of, of things and, really learn how a, a set is, uh, how it functions, you know? And so I got to see wardrobe, I got to see hair and makeup, I got to see sound, I got to see like playback and uh, office, being an office PA, I got to like, you know, do the, uh, like sit with a coordinator and, and figure out what all those things are. I got to see everything really. And, uh, and, it, and it, you know, it just made me realize that I was super interested in, in the camera and how the camera worked because, um, because I, I had held cameras and I had like, you know, I did photography and stuff in high school, but then on the, on the CKY stuff and Jackass stuff, like I hold a camera, but it's like basically the camera's just shaking because you're laughing at whatever dumb shit we're doing. And so it wasn't like, I really knew how to, how to like operate a camera. So I was just, it was just like, Oh, hit the red button and then try to hold it still. And, uh, you know, so then um, I, I really got an interest in the camera department. Um, and I think, Honestly, that was because um, I felt like if I understood the way the camera worked, I would be a much better director and I'd be able to like get to a place where I can make the things I want to make and I don't have a gatekeeper telling me I can and can't make stuff. And, and that came as a result of uh, after Viva La Bam, um, like I said, uh, Bam and I had a little bit of a falling out um then all the guys asked me to come do the second jackass and i was sort of like i would say i i i you know people kind of took it as like oh he was just him and bam at the falling out so that's why he didn't do it and and reality was that i was kind of bitter about the fact that i wasn't getting paid well uh for the jackass stuff and and people think you're a rich millionaire when you're on tv and really that's not the case and so, uh, so when uh, you started seeing other friends of yours getting rich, you're like, dude, what the fuck? What about me? Mm-hmm. And as there became a negotiation for that second one, they were like, oh, he doesn't have to do it if he doesn't want to accept this contract. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just not going to do it then. And people thought it was more like this bitter thing. And it was like, yeah, I think we could have probably got over that. It's just, I really didn't want to, like, I felt like I had already rode that train. I fucking had a blast. I traveled the world. I did all this amazing shit. I toured with CKY. They were signed by Island Def Jam. I went all around the world with them. I did all the promotional tours with the Jackass stuff. I did the Viva La Bam thing. I did like we. I, I, I'm very lucky and very grateful for that trip that I got to have. And like, I mean, you know, just that those years of of being able to experience all that stuff and um not not sing, not singular trip but you know what i mean like that that whole yeah. thing and um and so it felt like well if i'm not going to get paid something that's going to change my life then it's not worth it to break bones and do this stuff and so i decided at that point like i gotta have to figure out something else that's because uh, i gotta make a living and i gotta figure out what i'm gonna do so that's what led to the oh okay i'm going this direction then i tried to sell some shows i got two shows in development um at at that point, right after Viva La Bam, I was um, 
I was uh, signed to Joe Simpson, uh, Jessica and Ashley's dad. And, um, and he was negotiating contracts for me and doing that stuff. And then he was helping me um, try and sell a show. And, um, and we got a show into development. Uh, it, was, it was like, it was tentative called Rab Effect or whatever. And it was like, basically the show concept was, I wanted to get a tour bus and then tour around the country to like local comedy uh, clubs and get like the comedian to come do like an on the street skit with me. And like, we'll go fuck with people. We'll do like sort of Jack Ashley things, but like get one of the local comedians, the people or the people that are up and coming and that you kind of know, you know, like the comedians that are like on the brink and just be like, let's go do some fucking funny shit out here in, in the small little rural America, just funny, like, you know, hidden camera shit. And then just funny jackassy type stuff. And that got into development. We, we worked on that for like six months trying to get it off the ground. And then, um, and then people, uh, the, the person who had, you know, put it in development got fired and then somebody switched and then switched around and then they cleared the slate. And then, then I was like, what the fuck does this mean? You know, like my whole thing was like, prior to that, everything we did was, was yeah. turning the gold. So then like, that was the first time I kind of got, rejected you know and um and started to see what the business was really about as, instead of like just some kid from westchester pennsylvania who's like oh the world is ours i guess fuck yeah you know and 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 the reality set in that man it's a really hard business and it's really hard to actually get a show off the ground and get it running and get it to air and then get it reordered and like all the success that had happened as a result of jackass was like such a rare thing and, and that became uh, you know I, I became aware of that i think at that point and that's what led to me going to camera because i was like look if i go learn how to use a camera and learn how to do that i could just film all the shit i want to film and then people can't stop me from doing that and um and you know and, th and that became true i mean I, I i've learned how to do that and now i'm at, in a position where i do understand the flow and the workings of the set so well that um, I decided to start my own production company. And, um, and now we just did, we just did a feature film um, in January. We shot it. It's called Afternooner. Um, and then uh, we did a little premiere for it. And now we're kind of circling, um, you know, entering it into like film festivals and stuff, looking to get a streaming deal with it. Um, and then, uh, I just did a music video with, uh, Darren Miller, uh, from CKY, his band, 96 Bitter Beings. We just shot a music video. They've got a new album coming out on Nuclear Blast, which is, uh, Slayer's record label. And, uh, we're all psyched about that. We just completed that music video. Then I got another one happening in like two weeks. So, um, just doing a bunch of that stuff, staying busy wow. with that. But, um, but yeah, it's like. Long-winded answer to, to that, but I think that's what podcasts are about, right? I'm good because I love to hear myself talk. So. Hey, that was very insightful, and I just kind of tell you, it's really cool to hear you reconciled because, like, when you grow up watching people and you hear there are falling outs, like, just to hear you guys reconciled, it must be really cool to do. But, like, when you talk about the dark place really quick, I want to say, because I do have that written down, is it because it was a state of you guys getting successful at such, like, a young age that you, like, did not know how to handle the fame at that point? Like, what happened? What happened that like led to that? I mean, I, I, I could say that has that has something to do with it, sure. But um, I mean, it all depends on what you believe. I, I believe I'm a I'm an alcoholic addict from birth. Okay. You know, I I believe that um I had that in me 
I mean, I was the dude who was eating those big bags of Skittles and drinking two liters and like eating a whole fucking cake. You know, like I'm just that guy because I like that. Like I'm like, oh well, if you're good, just have more. Right. You know, and yeah. uh, and so um, I think that the environment with jackass with with getting some notoriety at a young age getting you know a couple bucks like i said i never became a millionaire but when you're 20 years old and you're you know getting hundreds of thousands of dollars you're 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 starting to go holy shit i'll get everybody around you know and like it becomes this perfect environment where uh that stuff can really take flight but i will say that it probably i would have found my way to it regardless of whatever uh the situation would have been but i can say that 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 does help speed things along for sure and how yeah. quick i just want to say congratulations how long have you been sober now oh thank you reading? um in in uh september 25th uh i and, and i always laugh because my group will be like 11 years but uh september 25th will be 12 years but wow. if you say that a day before 12, they're like, 11 years, shut up, you know, because because you basically you don't want to jinx that. And, um, and and I and I do have 11 years, 11 months, whatever. But um, but yeah, man, it's been a, it's been an awesome journey. It's it's uh, life, life on life's terms, as they say. It's it's not like all of a sudden when I got sober that everything just got easy and life was just like, oh, now just float along. You know, it was actually like fuck, I never learned how to deal with this shit, you know? <laughs> and then now you had to learn, you know? Uh, do, you th do you think more of it, too, is almost like an image you had to maintain because you were seen as, like, these lunatic kids and you had to keep that image going and that was kind of like, almost like, it was almost like a stereotype where you have to, yeah, hey, they must party a lot, you know? Let's yeah, go I mean, party with that, them. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and that, and that, as well, you know, as, as you were saying, is like, there's that definitely led to it. Um, and I would say, um, yeah, man, you know, like I, I, I'm Rab himself. So fuck, we're never going to be with Rab himself again, dude, do some cocaine. I'm like, fuck yeah, cocaine. And then it's like, oh, Rab himself, take a shot. Take, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then by <laughs> before you know it, you're like, you're fucking 30 shots in and you've got a whole fucking eight ball and you're like, God damn, what the fuck just happened? You know? And I've had that happen for real where like 30 minutes later, I'm like, dude, I, I did 20 shots from the beginning of the bar to the end of the bar. And I'm already, I already snorted like a gram and I'm on my way to fucking finishing this eight ball. And like, three hours and you just and went out there for a baseball game to watch on tv all of a yeah. sudden yeah 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 dude and i mean i have some fucking wild stories like we took call the drunk -a -log. like like that particular day that i was talking about i walked into the bar um that somebody was like yo and then then they noticed and, and i always laugh because uh, I'm not as recognizable as like, let's say like a Raytheon or like, um, you know, Wee Man or, or, or like Knoxville, obviously Knoxville is like the biggest, uh, but like, but those guys, like they can't really go anywhere because they just look the way they do. Like where <laughs> I, I have this big beard now, but if I didn't, I have like a normal hat, whatever, just like some regular guy. So it wasn't as recognizable, but when people did, I always laugh because someone next to them would be like, who's this guy? And then they'll be like, oh, this is yeah. from MTV. And they're like, oh, yo, what's up, man? Can I have a picture? And you're like, I don't know who the fuck I am. You know, and, but, but it was just funny because they would all get in on it. And then um, that time, so I had this, I always call it like the, um, what is it? Uh, the fucking Goldilocks. 
wasn't she the one that like went into the bears and then yeah. this one was just like, yeah. so I fucking like, okay, I get all drunk from like the start of the bar to the end of the bar. It was like 20 shots. I swear to God, dude, it was like a, not even in a half hour. By the time I had walked down, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, cause then I just kept going, yeah, we're never going to be with you again. Whatever. I was like, Oh man. And by the end I was like, I think I'm going to fucking throw up. Like, so I go out back and I walked around to the thing and I don't remember anything. I just full blacked out. I laid in the alley and threw up and then passed out and nobody knew where I was. So then I fell asleep. I woke up like when the sun's coming up like, and, and the sun was beating down on me in the alley. And I'm like, oh, man, it's like I'm all sweaty, you know? And I, I was like, oh, fuck. I looked at this house. I was like, oh, I guess I was partying here. So I walked right into the house and I went in the house. And like I walked upstairs and I saw like, oh, there's like some trash everywhere. There's like two guys on the couch trying like, yeah, this is definitely where I was partying, you know? And I went up into the master bedroom and like I saw like a girl was in the one room and I so I get in the master bedroom and I just fucking lay down full sleep, like slept for like three hours. And then I woke up and at that time it was like nine something or whatever. And I was like, oh, as I woke up, I was like, yo, this looks like a regular house and i come walking down i looked i walked down the steps and over like it was like up a little step to the other room she was like 14 years old oh man so then i like walked down the steps and the two guys on the couch were 11. They, i mean at the most 11. they were like 11 year old kids and it was like a pizza box and like a two liter of pepsi you know like so I, like as i stumbled wow. in drunk i was like Oh yeah, party, you know, but it was not that at all. And so then I, I fucking snuck out and I was like, oh my God, like I just slept in this random family's house. So and, I ate all the Skittles. Yeah, ate all the Skittles. And, yeah, and, and like, fuck, it was like, dude, like, I mean, only thing I can come up with is like the parents went for like a nice like sunrise walk on the beach, some romantic thing while some drunken fucking bum sleep in the bed and their kids are there. Like, dude, I was like, I, I was like worried for those parents after the, I was like some scumbag like me is coming into your house. But that's kind of the way that I would drink and, and the way that I would do things. I mean, that's one of a million of those stories where wow. like, you know, that those things happen. And, um, but yeah, like, like to your point, right. It was like, that's what would happen is I, I, I felt the need to like live up to this image. So I would drink and party because everyone's going, yeah, 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 fuck yeah, Jack has this thing. And you're like, he's fucking crazy. And like, and you know, for a while, here's the thing, like underneath it all, I felt like I wasn't this crazy person, but the reality was that I was because like we talked, we talked about that in the program, like how I became the person that I used to cross the street to get away from, you know, like, and, and like I was that dude who like, people were like, whoa, settle down. Like, it's too fucking much. I can't handle that, you know? And, um, but that was just the way it, it ended up, you know? But I'm happy to be alive, happy to be sober, and happy to be, like, you know, kind of able to tell those stories in a, in a lighthearted way because um, at the time, some of those things were fucking gnarly. And, um, you know, I, I've definitely been in some, some, some binds as a result of, of drinking and drugging. And for 15 years, the 11-year-old kid told his other two people in the house, he swears he saw you. And they yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going to watch. Yeah, like, 
He's like, they have the shits on things from Jackass in my house. Like, you're like, yeah, right. He's like, I swear, I think he took a dope in my bathroom. They put the kid in the hospital, and now it was true the whole time. Yeah, you know that's funny, Ellie, because Upper Decker. Like, I feel like so I I I created something. I think I created it. I used instead of the Upper Decker, I used to call it the Cherry on Top, and I'm such a fucking prick. But I would now we're talking in the in the hotel rooms whenever i would stay there i used to i used to take the towels and jam them into the toilet so that like all the water was sogged up and it was just the towel like above it so then you could take a shit on top of the towel and it was out of the water so it would make it smell the whole room would just freak so people walk in and be like oh what the fuck i'm like I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. So the fucking like housekeeping keep, hasn't come, you know. But like I used to just fuck with people like that, and I, I love that cherry on top. But the upper decker is the same kind of deal. Getting that shit flush is always fun. so. It, it, it's right. so cre- the creativity is just like pretty much. It means if I piss on an electric fence, then years later I'm going to get all these creative ideas. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you what was what what hurt more, pissing on the electrical fence. Or hitting that shopping cart over that bush and cracking your head. And I think, would you break your arm and you got a concussion? Which one hurt more? Yeah, I got a concussion, tore my rotator cuff. Um, ah. it's, that's apples and oranges for sure. I, like, um, <laughs> it's two different, totally different types of pain. Um, the, I, like, what I can remember after having all these concussions. Um, so, basically... <laughs> The pissing on the electric fence, I, oh, I, like, uh, the way I could explain it is, like, of course, like, right when, when the, the um, P, like, connected, it did this little, yeah. like, it's like, you know that feeling, like, if you stick your finger in the socket? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's not too bad. It's just, like, uh, it's like that. But then it was like that on my dick. But then I was worried, like, is that going to make the dick not work? You know, like, so yeah. – um, so I was freaked out about that, but the, but the main thing was the uh, feeling in my teeth. So oh, it yeah. felt like it felt like I was chewing on tinfoil. Oh like, my god! Right when that happened, it was like oh, the zapping in the dick was like ow, and then it was like ah, <laughs> whoa! Like I, I don't know what's going on in my mouth, you know? Like so that was the part that was weird. It was like this like tinfoil, like felt like I was chewing on tinfoil and my fillings or something like. That's what that was. So I would say in terms of what hurt more, the, the shopping cart hurt more. But that yeah. shit freaked me out more because I didn't know what was going on. And then I didn't know, like, and I was worried about my dick. So then on the way home, I'm like, everybody look the other way. I got to try to get a boner, you know, like uh, just, just to make sure. All my sperm like, got zapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but, you know, like that. So, but then the uh, the shopping cart, like, that fucking shopping cart thing, I mean, there's many of them, but that shit, I got so worked by that shopping cart, like, so many different ways. I broke my tailbone in the shopping cart. I got multiple concussions. I got another concussion um, when I smacked my head into the uh, soda machine. One of the, on one of the CKYs, we were hanging out with Bloodhound Gang, and I think it was Jimmy that was uh, – Jimmy Pop was pushing, and uh, – and he was like, dude, he was all nervous. And I, and I, so then I kept giving him shit. Like, stop being a fucking pussy and just do it. You know, like, yeah. and he was like, because he's like pushing like real light. And I was like, dude, that's not what we're trying to do. So then he was like, all right. And, and he fucking pushed super hard. And I went fine. And I ended up, um, I smacked my elbow so hard that I displaced my ulna nerve. 
Um, oh, and that tendon. Like, yeah, like the ulnar nerve is like, you know, your funny bone. No, that's your funny bone, your ulnar nerve, yeah. So it went outside of this little bone. So it was just out there. So then, like, I was supposed to have surgery, but they were like, look, if you have surgery, like, it could it could just replace itself if you just, like, let it go. But if you, if you have surgery, it's like a major surgery, so you got to make a decision. So I decided, all right, yeah, let's just see, like, give it a little time. But, dude, it was like a few months where like if you just like touch your pinky or anything it was all funny bone the whole thing like every time it's like ah ah fuck like every time felt like a funny bone it, you couldn't rest your arm on a thing or do anything that happened and then a concussion from the soda machine but that happened from the cement and that and then and then another time i broke my tailbone flying over this like um this like big gap on it and then that time uh, i tore my rotator cuff and got a concussion and um and the rotator cuff was the injury that just kept on giving because I've, I've dislocated <laughs> my arm like a hundred times as a result uh. of that. Um, because every time I would go on tour with CKY, I'd be like, yo, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump off the fucking balcony into the crowd or whatever. And dude, my arm would be ripped out and I'd be getting back up on the stage, trying to put my arm back in. And then like, and then uh. everyone would get hyped and then I'd get the adrenaline big, fuck it, do it again. And then you do it again. I would dislocate my arm like four times in a show. Uh on some tours, you know, and just like pop it back in. Everyone kept being like the Mel Gibson thing. And I was like, fuck, like, you know, cause I, th this one I separated and it went down like that. So you had to like go back in, but then this one ripped up that way. So oh. the only way to get it in is to go. And then it goes in, it pops in. And then it, it, oh. you get this like crazy rush from it. It It's like, uh, it, it gives you like this, like, I don't know if it's like endorphins or, adrenaline or whatever just like shoots through you and you're like oh and then you're like all fucking high and then it's like all right might as well jump again yes uh, i think i'm never gonna try it um so. <laughs> to say this i'm not trying to be like the debbie downer but you are probably if not already gonna have some serious nerve damage if you already <laughs> don't um <laughs> uh oh wait what I love being the Debbie, the Debbie Downer 21 years later. Uh, maybe yeah. you shouldn't do that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um, I definitely, because uh, I'm, I'm 41 and I will say um, I had this joke uh, the other day. I said to my mom, I was like, yeah, I definitely know I'm over 40 because I got injured sleeping the other night. You know, like oh, I use yeah. it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I all the time. So I fucking I my this arm partially separated and it was like all fucking numb and I couldn't get it back in. Like, but um I had that hadn't happened in a while. So, you know, I was like used, I was feeling like good about it not happening. But yeah, like I I'll I'll definitely have um major issues, you know, and I, I think um I I already have a little bit of that like like arthritis -y stuff and like things yeah. that are like probably maybe a little early onset because of stupid shit, you know? Um, yeah. But at the same time, fuck, we're all going to be old, decrepit dumbasses at some point. If we're lucky. Yeah. I mean, if we're lucky, the fact, the fact that I'm getting old enough to be like, Oh, my arthritis is acting up. Like yeah. it feels good because I did not think yeah. I'd be here. Yeah. You know? I didn't necessarily live my life conducive to, to sticking around for a while. I, I just That's a very valid point. I want to go back to the cherry on top thing. Is did you write yeah. that on your resume, like just to go back to the resume? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like hey, I got one. Like special, special skills. Like, uh, <laughs> like hey, Rob, PowerPoint, I... Microsoft Word. 
I can demonstrate for you. Yeah, you <laughs> have a scratch and sniff resume, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Rab, I got one for you. When you take a shit with the shower water running, it's a steamed dumpling. That's oh, there you go, <laughs> dude. That's yeah, a fucking funny one because, because my buddy, my buddy had that happen where he, so he brought this girl. Never home heard that. And he did it on accident. So that steam dumpling happened to him on accident. He, so he was like just a fucking neurotic mess, and he brought this girl home first time like dating or whatever. They slept together. He had like this loft bedroom, and then down lower, as you get down, it was like an open top like shower. So he goes down yeah. and he was like, fuck, like, I can't take a shit. So I can't like, I can't take a shit because she's going to smell the shit because it's just going to waft up there. So his dumb ass tried to turn the shower on and then take a shit in the shower and jump, jam it down the fucking drain. Ah, but all it did was like, just make the shit smell so steam, like the steam dumpling. Uh, and it made it so much God. worse that she fucking full on woke up like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that reminded me of that. That's hilarious. I guess I'm the only normal one who just used the toilet to shit. Yeah. I think you are, yeah. <laughs> You're hey, alone this. Even Ellie, even Ellie probably has a, a, a shit story. You know what's funny about just back on shit stories? So my buddy, I, I did a podcast with where he uh, he was like, "Yo, like, when's the last time you shit yourself?" And I was like, "I, I don't really know." Like, I, I, you know, and we we're talking about that. Whatever. Two days after that, I'm in the middle of traffic and I shit my fucking pants in traffic. <laughs> On the phone with my mom, I'm like, Mom, I gotta go. I shit my pants. She's like, What? I was like, Yeah, I just shit my pants. She, like, so she's cracking yeah. up as I'm hanging up. And like, I literally at the red light had to like pull my pants down, get the underwear off, wipe my ass with the underwear, and then get it like into a dumpster nearby. But like, ah. but yeah, it was like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just imagining like, the people next to me, I'm like, I'm trying to make my like make sure my dick's not hanging out. It's like somebody's like <laughs> in traffic, like, but you're like, oh man, no, no, sorry, man, I just got some shit. I gotta get rid of. So I, I, I had to tell him, I was like, dude, you, I think you fucking like predicted the future on that one. I need to know, out of all the shit stories, the the window on Times Square with the people's faces. I love that one. The That's running so at full speed. The one where you're shitting out the window driving or the one where you hop out of the car when that guy's sitting on the curb, which one of those was like the hardest to actually do for you, like to get the shit out? Was it the, the hardest to get the shit out was the running because it didn't work, like because I <laughs> ate the whole box of X-Lax and then Bam and Jess were like, dude, like, do you have to shit? I'm like, no, <laughs> I, like, I don't know what's happening. And it was like an hour later. I'm like, dude, I ate, because you're supposed to eat two pieces, and I ate, ate the whole fucking thing, 18. It was like two slabs of nine pieces of chocolate. So I ate oh. the whole thing, and it wasn't happening. Then I eventually, like, after an hour, because I'm like, I don't know if I'm just, like, having a <clears throat> bowel for coffee, but because I can't drink coffee, but I drank, uh, like, a half a cup of coffee, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, oh, shit. Like, and then it was like, get the camera. It's fucking not, it's coming. Like, it's, I'm not, I can't hold it in. And then it just turned into a mess and I was shitting like crazy. And I called my mom on that one again. My mom loves the calls, but um, she, she's a nurse. She's a retired nurse now, but she was a nurse. So she was like, when I called, I was like, mom, um, I ate the whole box. Of you know, and she's like, 
Christian, like, why would you do that? I'm like, uh, well, I wanted it to work faster, you know? And she's like, no, like you can get dehydrated. That's a, that's a terrible idea. Like, you know, really bad shit can happen. So, um, she was like, look, you have to eat these emodiums. So I ate, oh, I ate the emodium oh. to counteract the x lax And then that just creates like world war three in your stomach. Cause you're just like, Oh my God, I got to shit. And then you get to the toilet. It's like, wait, I don't have to shit. And then you, and then you keep thinking you have to, and then you don't. And then, um, and, and yeah, there, there's a whole big story to that whole thing. What happened afterwards? Like I took a girl home and I shit the bed. Like it was this whole thing, but, uh, <laughs> but I didn't fully shit the bed. I shit in between my butt cheeks. And then I was like, <laughs> trying to tell her like, Oh yeah, I just need to get some water. And I'm like, so I'm like, he's on top of me. I'm like trying to slide out of the bed. Like, and it was like, trying to not let the butt cheek like rub the shit across the sheet. <laughs> so like so you're like trying to keep your keep them clenched as you're getting out and dude as i ran to the thing i <laughs> like as i was trying to sit down i shit a little and it hit the toilet seat and i fucking slid off the seat and it was just like shit all over me i'm like covered in shit and then just like and then trying to like, and then and then I'm like, as I got to finally sit down, it was like the full on like dumb, dumb and dumber scene of like just legs rattling like, <laughs> yeah. And, and then like, and then I had to just get in the shower and like rinse off. And then I had to try to explain like, where's the water? I'm like, oh, like I don't know. And then the next morning she was like, like asking like what happened, and Bam's like, oh, he was shitting like, and he totally like blew my cover. Yeah, and it was funny because she like pretended to call a friend, but then just like walked out and then down the road and like got picked up down the down the road. <laughs> One of those walk of shames, like, like, oh really? Like, oh yeah, um, he shit all over. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be great if it was something petty. Like she didn't care about the shit. Yeah, he yeah. got water for himself, but didn't bring one back. For right, right, right. Exactly. She's like, what a selfish prick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ellie, I know you grew up watching the little band with your brother, so uh take it if you got any questions. Yeah, Jackass Sunday nights were a big deal in my family because my brother, my dad, and I would all watch Jackass and then obviously Evil Bam. Um but That's so awesome. yeah, a couple things. Um not to go back to the darkness too much, but it seems like substance abuse and whether that's alcoholism or drug abuse, unfortunately seem to be the kind of like dark aspect of what you guys do. Cause I read Steve-O's book, you know, I know Knoxville had some addiction issues. It just seems like, unfortunately that just came with, you know, the nature of the beast was just these <clears throat> addiction issues or substance abuse, whether it's, you know, not, you know, dealing with trauma appropriately, but is that like a safe assessment to make? I'm not like trying to, condone anybody i mean i think it's fantastic you've been sober for almost 11 years and i commend you for that whoa, 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 whoa. shut up whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> ellie i'm feeling very judged by you and your dog right <laughs> oh, he, was a he can be very judgmental so. <laughs> hey listen he, he's totally right on um no but um yes i um i i can say like i i heard something and i always you know um always have to give credit to like either my program or people that, that have helped throughout all this stuff. And I've, 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 I haven't, you know, I've, none of the, my thoughts are really original in that regard, but I've heard some really cool things. And, um, Dr. Drew talked about it a little bit, um, with the, the idea that people who are either addicts ahead of time or prone to it or whatever seem to, uh, you know, there's correlation, obviously, like, and you mentioned it from like childhood trauma, things like that, that have occurred. Um, 
that are not treated and then they manifest in, in those ways. And, and so w- what he mentioned that really rung a bell for me was that um, the, the, the trauma that's untreated uh, manifest in the lifestyle of a performer. And, and I think for most of us, we probably have all experienced a little bit of that trauma stuff. And then that led to seeking out being a performer and, uh, and wanting to sort of, uh, and I don't know if it's, if it's, if, you know, it's like, you know, you learn it later, you don't know it in the time, but, but you might be like seeking um, approval and seeking attention in, in, in ways of like, oh, well, these certain things happened in, in, in these traumatic moments in my life or whatever had happened. And now I feel sort of um, accepted or, 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 or beloved because I'm being a goofball in front of people and doing that. And, and, um, and then ultimately it can manifest in a way that becomes dark and, and unhealthy and, and stuff like that. Because, you know, I, I wouldn't ever take away from the fact that I got lucky and was able to perform and, 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 and do all those things uh, with my friends. Absolutely. But then, you know, on the other side of it, like, you know, I, I don't know, it's a weird thing. I don't think I would ever even stop my darkest days because I think that I've learned over time that those are really good, uh, useful tools and being able to like- Absolutely. Um, relate to others if they're going through things or whatever. And, and so that's been that, but yeah, I think that's a good point. I think there's definitely uh, some of that involved and, and yeah, it's no coincidence that we've, we've, you know, all kind of struggled. Um, some of the guys, um, you know, were uh, I think probably a little bit better with, uh, and I don't know, I don't know if the word's better, but you know, I think a little bit more, more aware of it and, and they treated it as it came and, right. um, you know, and then some of us allowed it to um, kind of manifest to a darker place. And Sure, sure, of course. And no, I, again, I think it's commendable. I really do commend you for sharing your story and just being so honest about it. Because I think that's everything, too. I know um, I have a friend. She just called me out of the blue one day last year. And she's like, I'm an alcoholic. And I was like, okay, well, what can I do? Can I get you, you know, a beer? What? It's like, no. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, hey, you want to do some shots? I really, but I was, like, I, was like, I was like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm really touched at you you know, want to share this with me. I was like, how can I support you? Like, do you want me to go to meetings with you? Like, and she's like, I already have a sponsor. She's just like, I don't know how to tell you, but I feel like you'd be a safe person to tell because you wouldn't judge me. I was like, I'm not going to judge you for taking care of yourself. Like, if anything, I'm proud. Like, I'm listen, bitch, proud. we all know you've been pissing in the closet for two years now. Right, no secret. But I mean, I just think <laughs> it's, you know, there's, it's so stigmatizing. Like, you know, no one wants to be like, <coughs> one that admit that they have a problem and then two be like, Oh, now I'm just the alky or whatever. But, you know, yeah. I, I really do think it's great you're, you're sharing and being open about it. Because my friend, she's like, yeah. I didn't want you to judge me. Or, you know, I was really, she's really embarrassed by it. And I was like, don't be embarrassed by it. You're handling your shit. That's awesome. Like, I'm really proud of you. What can I do to support you? So, you know, I think, you know, hopefully the world's kind of changing more to that direction where people can recognize I have a problem and I need to handle it. <laughs> Not I have yeah. a problem. You're a worthless drunk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, first off, that's awesome of you to be such a good friend. And I think people are very lucky when they have friends like you that, that are, that are like yeah. open to it. And you know, what's really cool that she felt safe to go to you and, and talk about it. And, um, and that's, and that's amazing. And, and I don't mean to joke on it like that, no, but we, no, no, we, no. We, like in our program, we laugh a lot about this kind of shit because we'll say like, 
I'm an alcoholic and I was the last one to figure that out. Everyone else around me already knew, you know, like, and I just figured it out. But, um, but yeah, like, uh, I think you, 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 you hit on a really good point of the stigma. Oh shit. Did I lose you? Where are you? Where's the leader? I don't know where the fuck. Uh, sorry. No. Um, my thing, my screens, everyone. So, um, yeah, like you hit on a really good point of the stigma uh, of alcoholism and addiction and stuff. And, and, and really it's, you know, it's a mental health issue and, yeah. uh, and, and it's not treated that way. It's treated as like a criminal issue. And, yeah. um, and I have a buddy, uh, you know, it's a rough story. Um, he, he passed, uh, back in, uh, last September. So it's almost been a year. And, um, and, uh, you know, he, uh, him and his friend actually died together and, um, and, uh, it was rough. So, but what happened is his, you know, I, I don't think they mind me sharing it, but it's, it's, it is a really rough thing. So his daughter was in the home. She was asleep upstairs. She's 17, you know, um, and obviously he's, you know, struggling with addiction and all that stuff. He, he was in a bad spot and then he got help and then he was, doing better. And then he, this night he slipped and, um, and was doing stuff, him and his butt. And they were just trying to touch it a little bit. And they ended up, uh, he OD'd and then his bud was trying to get him to Narcan and then he OD'd and then they oh. slept on each other and died on the steps. And oh. so where they died on the steps, his daughter was upstairs and the cops come, they rope it off with the crime scene thing. They make it a crime scene. They made the daughter stay in the house. They wouldn't allow her to come out with the grandmother because it's a crime scene. So they had to investigate the crime scene. And then the daughter had to walk down the steps and step over her dead father to sit on the couch while they waited and and asked her questions and did shit before they moved the body or did any of that. And it's really like, uh, I won't get too pissed off about it, but it's really fucking frustrating because that's disgusting. And it's created a a trauma for a child who doesn't that trauma. Because it's being treated as a uh, as a crime rather than like a, a, a mental health or <laughs> right. a health issue, and say you know so let's get like let's say he's let's say he's dead immediately. Okay, let's get him in an ambulance. Let's take him to the morgue. Like, what's the big deal? Like, she does not need to see that situation. No. She does not need to experience that. It's already traumatic enough that you're losing your father, and then you're and then you're having right. to witness it and see it and sit there while there's a body. Like, it's just too much. So that's a major point um, that I, you know, um, I don't know, I struggle with because, you know, obviously there's legislation in in place that uh, makes people a lot of money. So they don't want to really face that. And uh, and I don't want to be on here and be a political guy. But um, but at the same time, it's tough because. You're like, oh, you know, I watch my friends die from this shit and, and then yeah. you get judged from the stigma of, oh, you well, just get it together, bud. Just stop fucking doing it. And you're like, it's not yeah. that. It's, and that's it's not, not that easy. No. No, and I, I think I think that's the problem, too, where people that have the, the mental health issue, they want to talk to somebody. But what you just said there where they say, get over it and just move on. It's a phase, yada, yada, yada. Right. People are afraid to tell somebody or talk to somebody unless they know that person's going through it or has gone through it because nobody understands it. And all those people do and want is somebody to just listen. That's it. Just listen so they can get it out and then you can move forward with getting help. And I think they're afraid to do that. 
Well, yeah, and it is a scary thing. And like Ellie mentioned, like your friend was afraid and she came to you and felt safe. And it's awesome that she has a friend like you and then can start that that journey of getting healthy. And, and, um, and you know, it, it is what, what you mentioned, Ray, is like what's crazy because what my experience was is that, um, you know, we, uh, <laughs> Chad Ginsburg always used to say this funny thing, like, I just want to be different like everybody else. And like, and so we would laugh. And it's just hilarious. But like, but, um, but really growing up, I think like when you are an addict or an alcoholic, you do feel this feeling of feeling different. And I think every kid, regardless of whether you're an alcoholic or an addict, you feel that way when you're going through puberty, like, Hey man, Kevin got a dick already. And I don't even have all hair, you know, like that, that feeling is like, you know, everyone feels a little bit left out apart, uh, like, you know, separated or what any, all that stuff, just being a human is hard in general, you know? Um, and then, and, you know, and then, and then putting the mental health stuff and, and the addiction stuff, like on top of it, um, you know, and I think it's, it's so much more out there, especially with the world we live in. Um, we're so privy to so much information and all these other things. And it's really hard to process all of this stuff. And we're all like, you know, we're all seeing traumatic situations on a daily basis, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's hard, but, um, but like you said, Ray, about feeling like you don't have anybody that you can relate to and all that. And when I got into a program, I all of a sudden felt like, I felt like I was so alone. And then I walked into like this fucking gymnasium filled with a bunch of people that were like, I totally get it, man. And you were like, what? Everyone understands. You know, and then that wow. feeling is the most amazing feeling that like, I, I always say this about alcoholics or addicts, like I don't even need to know you at all. But if you, I know that you're an alcoholic or an addict and you know that I am and we walk into the room and look at each other, it's like, yep, I know you. Hmm. Immediately already know everything and all the struggles and all the things. Sure, we have different stories and we have different journeys and we have all these other things, but, but that th- the ability to relate to that oh, with another person who struggles with it is so powerful and and it really helps when you're able to get into a place where you can relate with others. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like if you were a guy who played guitar and everybody's over there shooting basketballs and you're like, I just want to play guitar and there's no other guitar guy. And then you go into a room and there's like 30 people with like drums and basses and guitar. You're like, yes, I'm fucking home. You know? And I think that's like the the feeling that you get in in recovery. Hmm. That's awesome. Okay, I have a lighter note question. Also, you sound like no, no, no. Let's keep it dark. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep it dark. Yeah, I'll take my shirt. Yeah. Off. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Well, speaking of guitar, obviously you're a guitar player, so is my a little bit. I, I this is all poser shit. When, when, <laughs> I, when I like uh, I, I strum it's around a Zoom guitar, background, but yeah. when you're uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I strum around the guitar a little bit, but when you when you're friends with like Darren Miller and people like you're like ah, I'm not gonna say I play guitar. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you play, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you no. play guitar. Yeah. No, so, that's that's my husband. That's his. Okay, his, so, he's yeah. a poser too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you yeah, go. All, I know they're all over my fucking house because he keeps getting more, and I tell him not to. We have like fucking fourteen. I'm not. Hey, kidding. listen, they all feel different. I understand what he's talking about. <laughs> I, I, no, I told him this is so. I, no, I told him it's like the minute you die, I'm selling all of them. That's wow. like, that, I'm not. I, I like that we're I'm already at that place. Uh, like, yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to kill you, but if I, you know, slip some. No, I'm worried, the minute here. you're dead, I'm selling all of them. But anyway, yeah, I'll let her know. What? 
I said, how long have you been married? You're already planning his death. <laughs> Three years, we've been together for seven. No, Millie, that's okay. why I rap. There's only one mic. Never changes. <laughs> so, hey. But anyway, okay, so whose idea was the digital bees prank? Because that, to this day, has like, all, like wait, my brother and I, like, wait, hold on. <laughs> wait, where was the guitar thing? What did you say about? Wasn't there something about the guitar thing? Yeah, oh, I thought you were saying something about speaking of guitar. Or, oh, just the husband that you wanted to kill him and yeah, that's the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he goes missing, but it's fine. No, but we've no. I mean, if he goes missing, I'm not guilty. Um, but no, the I mean, digital bees. Um, yeah, that uh, shit was fucking hilarious. I still do this I don't know whose exact idea. I mean, usually I would say those kind of things are usually Brandon DiCamillo, but um, but I would. I'm not sure. In those days, especially with the people of Bam, like we would, what we would do is uh, me, Ryan, Rake, Bam, and uh, Brandon would all like sit in a writer's room and then um, Tally and Troy and a couple of the others would like sit and take notes and we would just throw out random shit. Like, what if you did this? What if you did this? And they would just be like writing it all down. Like, okay, 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 okay. And then, um, so, but it seems like it's usually, that's usually a Brandon thing. Like something like that would be, coming from him okay all right and then one more if i can interject all right antiquing how many times were you antique and then who was your favorite person to antique i have no idea how many times i've been antique because i think there's even a <laughs> bunch of times that are not on camera or whatever you know like <laughs> like just if you know if somebody has flour then you're screwed but um and then what was the second part of it Oh, who is your favorite person to antique? Rake. I mean, 100% Rake. Like, Rake is the, the, hair. the best one to fuck yeah. with. Like, yeah. like, the hair just makes it go back <laughs> in his face. And, like, and we put, like, crabs in his underwear the one that, time. And uh, we antique him and shit. Like, and, like, yeah. I just love him because he's like, yeah, what the fuck? I'm fine. And just, like, he gets so fucked up from it that, like, I just loved messing with him the most. Because... He he was so fun for me, and I was such a grease ball with him because I would I would I would get him to trust that like dude you could trust me they fuck with me so much man like you know that I I'm not gonna fuck with you like they fuck with me so much I would never do that and then you're like fucking with him like and he's like motherfucker like totally he totally would trust me and then I could get him to do that you know and get and get you know get him back for it whatever. that's how I used to slime my friends in Monopoly you know like make it yeah. to with me and then just buy hotels everyone everywhere they landed. A little different, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll do one more. I know, you, I know, you gotta go soon, Rab. You've been awesome. Your time. I'll do one more little round thing before we get to our final segment. Yeah. So I'll start really quick. Uh, really, thanks for coming on. Um, what one clip do you watch all the time, and it's just you laugh every time out of anything you've ever done or watched that one of your friends have gone through? Like the funnest, funniest moment to you. You mean of our stuff? Of your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Your stuff. Huh. I, I mean, there's not something that I watch, like, probably ever. <laughs> but um, that you experience like, them. Yeah. In, in terms of, like, because um, there was, like, I, like, in stuff that's not our stuff, I, I have ideas for that. Yeah, go like, on. Give it. Yeah, that's fine. Give us one. Um, but, like, I mean, stuff that is our things, I I love. Uh, I do, like, like it, I, I love all those kind of things. Um, and I don't know, Dave England always fucking makes me laugh so bad. But um, we need like, a shit battle. A yeah, shit battle. yeah, exactly. You know, he's like my shit brother, and, and I, yeah, I love that dude. Uh, but um, I would say, like, 
aside from our stuff, because I don't, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like not to act like that, but I, that was stuff we did, and then I don't usually rewatch it much. And every once in a blue moon, I'll go back and be like, oh, that was cool, you know, but that's pretty rare. But um, so there was this Quantum Leap episode, and I don't know if you remember Quantum Leap from when we were younger, but um, Scott Bakula was like the guy in Quantum Leap, and it was, um, I think I'm, old, I'm older than you guys, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm 39, so I'm the oldest. You're, one. you're, you're my 35. age. Yeah. So, yeah. So, quantum yeah. leap back in the day. There was this whole thing that, like, the guy gets punched in the face. And he goes, oh, "Excuse me, Baron," and then he gets punched. And like, <laughs> Brandon and I would just sit there and laugh at that fucking over and over and over. And uh, that's one. But then also, I don't know if you guys are watching. I think you should leave. Um, mm. but it's uh, Tim Robinson. He he's a dude who. Uh, he basically was on SNL maybe for like a minute and then they like, I think they got rid of him. And, uh, he, I think personally is way fucking funnier than anybody on there. And I don't mean to be a dick like that because Kate McKinnon's hilarious. And there's, there's some, there's some funny ass people in there. I don't mean to be a dick, but he is my type of a thing. And, uh, his show, I think you should leave. There is this clip on there where he does this bit that's like, um, like, a uh, uh, like a hosted, like candy camera, almost like bad grandpa. He dresses up in this outfit and he, uh, uh there's this thing that he does where uh, you have to watch it, but it's this clip of, I think you should leave. And I swear to God, if I watch it right now, out my sides will be hurting. Like, it's one of those things I've watched <laughs> it like a hundred times and I fucking die laughing every time. Cause it's the funniest shit I think I've ever seen in my life. Like it, it like, like that, I mean, or Okay, and then that, that actually, that reminds me, that brings me back to our stuff. Brandon DiCamillo, uh, to me, is, is the funniest dude ever. And so Tim Robinson reminds me of him and that kind of, like, weird sense of humor stuff. And, and Brandon's stuff, like, when he was just going off, like, uh, uh, in Haggard, like, at that, like, oh, yeah. little, like, train track thing, and he's just making shit up. Like, that stuff is funny as hell to me. Um and like it just his ability to just run with stuff like those are the things I'll watch over again and, and be like, oh, my God, it's still so fucking funny. Um, and some of his prank calls still hold up. And oh, uh, yeah. Really? We yeah. still recite those. Yeah. Yeah. We still recite Pete Rose those. rookie card. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what about if I was at a toll booth and everyone? Your wife fannies are in there. Your wife fannies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, that shit is that stuff is amazing. Like Brandon Classics. is one of Classics. like the funniest dudes and uh still is and 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 you know, and I see him from time to time and just and just laugh my ass off with him. Um but yeah, if you guys haven't watched it, watch that. I think you should leave. It's fucking funny. I will second season right second season first episode it's like the third skit in and it's uh it's a it's this prank show this false prank show but i you might not think it's that but it was the funniest shit i ever saw like <laughs> see me me personally and it has to do with you i actually watched it today and laughed my ass off still whatever happened did kiki ever make it to times square <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, 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 she made it to the heavenly Times Square. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> Dude, oh, okay. I, yeah that was, that was, was very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I know, it's like the most ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, that thing was, that was so funny. That skit, um, and then became a couple of them. But like, that one was one that like, 
Bam and I would just do those voices and, and just like try, try to feed the cat like a bunch of idiots. And he was like, oh, just going to get the camera and film it. And like, <laughs> we're doing it. And we're like, this is like, as we're, wa- we're watching the video and he's like editing us, like, this is so fucking dumb, but it's hilarious to us. And so, and then we were like tired and delirious as we're editing. I'm like, I think it's just only going to be funny to us. But then he started putting like all that dramatic music and all this shit. And it just started getting funnier and funnier. And we're like, this is fucking hilarious. But we just felt like, I think it's only funny to us. <laughs> and, uh, and then like when he put it out, it just, ha- it happens to be one of those things that yeah. people like remember and fuck, we would have, you never would have known. Cause if you were judging yourself, you'd be like, nah, dude, we're just delirious. We think it's funny. Then nobody's going to think this is funny. This is like stupid, whatever. But I think because it's so stupid and so ridiculous and whatever, that's what makes it work. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it ended up working. It's very in living. You know what else? In Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like what it reminded me of. Oh, uh, yeah. Guess, Ellie, before we get to our final segment, you got anything left? Oh, um, no, we can do the fun. Oh, yeah. Do you have a favorite animal? I always have to ask. She's, she's all about animals. That's favorite cool. animal? Um, Gotta be a cat, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say it was a cat until the last cat we had fucking pissed all over everything and ripped everything. <laughs> I was like so mad. That's why I don't fuck with cats. Yeah, that's but, what yeah don't, don't fuck with cats. Dope. You've seen that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. <laughs> but I would say, I don't know. Like, I would say if I, like, and this is weird probably because I never, I didn't, like, ride horses or anything, but I would say, like, a horse is just so fucking amazing because... It's this like incredibly powerful creature, but yeah. like this most gentle, soft thing. And like, I feel like you can connect with them on a deep level, like when you're just with them and they're fucking rad like that. Um, I'd say the horse, but then, you know, if I don't know if like, as far as a dog or a cat guy, like I'm not saying either, but I do like both. Ellie has a hidden agenda. Ellie, like the horse. follow up with why you asked that question. Yeah. First of all, how dare you expose me like that? <laughs> Also, horses have huge cocks. So oh, that's yeah. really a great thing. <laughs> they have really fat I'm asses. Yeah, great fat Yes. Ass. Yeah. Now, so I was just wondering, um, I do my own show called Just Animals, and for whatever reason, we're really big in Australia. So, yeah. If you called wanna... Just Animals? Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. Um, so what yeah. do you do? Like, you do you talk about guys... animals. Yeah, 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 but I mean, like, do you bring on, like, veterans? Oh, yeah, we bring on, like, experts. We actually had, like, the equivalent of a Australian senator come on, um, like, a member of the Australian parliament come on. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so, we're again, I don't know why we took off in Australia. I'm not complaining. It's awesome. People think we're yeah. an Australian show, and I'm like, no, I'm from California, but it's been a pretty fun journey. But, yeah, if you ever want to come on and talk about animals, we've had non-animal expert guests come on. They've actually been really fun. Um, yeah. Yeah breaks things up but yeah we'd love to have you on if you're interested oh yeah i'll do it i mean i i, I at least have had a bunch of cats and dogs and then uh, perfect and then yeah and then i've like um done a little bit of work with la mancha um animal rescue and things oh. like that and then been over oh with the know. goats with the with the little ears la mancha those kind of goats no it's actually called that it's here oh, okay. it's, like, it's like a rescue spot where they they bring a lot of dogs and cats and stuff in but they also have like horses and other things like if the horse like was like you know raced or whatever they'll like take care of it or if they if somebody like had it at a dog track like you know like just if they did stuff like that to the animals they like these people basically uh help them through the trauma of what that is (laughs) and bring them back to like a happy life so 
Um, so I've been over there and done that bit. And um, yeah, so I mean, I could probably pull something out of my ass to talk about. <laughs> uh, Travis, got anything? Yeah, so I was going to say, Rab, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I grew up, you know, watching you guys do Jackass and TKYs. Um, and pretty much everything you guys did, my little crew in fucking middle school used to do, whether it's my cousin, every, if there was a shopping cart, a trash can, a ramp, a fucking huffy, we were doing oh, the yeah. same old shit. And we take our little shitty camera, put that little cassette tape in the VHS, and then press record, and then try to dub it on yeah. this little tape. So my question to you is, we were doing that, and it got to a point where we were like, you know, filming over episodes of In Living Color or whatever, and it was all <laughs> richy scratchy. So how did you guys manage, or like, what kind of camera did you guys shoot on? And then how did you guys manage to piece it all together? Because I know you guys did this a long time ago, and that technology wasn't really out. I don't know. Yeah, it cut out a little bit, but um, but yeah, um, in terms of that, like, so we were kind of lucky because um, guy a guy named Joe Hiddleston and a guy named Ryan G um, were in our area, and they were they were taping Bam for skateboarding stuff. So like we had him, and then also Dan Wolf. Um, those three guys were around filming skateboarding all the time, and so they were like kind of handling most of that you know um in terms of uh cameras like i mean the one that sticks out the most is the vx2000 but that was a little later after the fact you know i mean in the very beginning we had that big ass vhs camera yeah it had that big tape you know um and that was the one that phil bought in the beginning to just kind of uh shoot bam's like sponsor me tapes you know um so in terms of that, yeah, we've definitely done some VCR to VCR editing um, and like, you know, did that kind of stuff. But then it got a little bit more uh, professional because of Joe Hiddleston, Dan Wolf and Ryan G. Like G was largely on photography, but he also filmed too. But um, but Dan and and uh, and and Joe were handling it like they were getting like um you know, computer systems when like, when, uh, what is it, I guess, is it called, it's called nonlinear or is it called linear editing? I don't know. But like, basically they, right when it started, they were up on the forefront of what was happening with technology to edit. And I think, you know, uh, when the first CKY, which was like 98, you know, um, was actually edited together, um, Bam was doing that with uh, with Rob Erickson and those guys from Tom Yeto. So they went out to L.A. and they were like editing it together there. But um, prior to that, it was really just, just filming all that stuff and just collecting it. You know, it was just like tape, yeah. after tape after tape. And then and then what happened was Bam was like, yo, I have my skate parts. And then Landspeed is trying to put out a skate video. But I have all these other funny ass skits that I want to include in that. And that's where Rob Erickson and those guys from Tom Yeto got involved to put it, to help put it together for land speed. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it would just sit on shelves, just tapes that weren't edited, you know, for, for years. That's wow. a, interesting. Yeah, crazy. No, that's like, just to like think back on like, cause we used to be like, how the fuck did they do this editing? Cause we didn't know we were like VHSs and like Travis said, we were carrying little cameras around. So it, it all it takes what? some genius, Trav. 
That's it. And I know. And another, dude, another well, you thing. You guys were on to it. You were doing it. Like you were doing right. exactly that. Like, you know, and then, and then even in, when I was in college, like my first year, my buddy and I were doing those, like the, the VCR to VCR edits shit. Like, you know, and, and uh, just, just figuring that out like that ourselves, because we would film other random shit aside from the CKY and, and Jackass, because, um, that was just something that like, dude, since I was a little kid, there's always been a camera around. And, and even when we weren't filming as a group like that, I wanted to do other things because it was just like, I, I just, I need that. And, and, and after, you know, after uh, that stuff and I started becoming a camera guy, like there was something missing, you know, like it was like, Oh, this is cool. I'm filming somebody else's stuff and this is my job, but there's something missing. And, and, uh, because of that, I went and did a couple of little projects, just learning how to direct and do that stuff and just shooting content and trying to do that. And, um, and that's the cameras, the cameras become your drug now. Yeah. Yeah. In a sense, like you, you, yeah, you're just, yeah. you're like, I need, yeah, I need that, uh, to feel, yeah, to feel all right. Because I think in a sense, um, and I, I'm sure you can all relate to it. I don't think it's just an addict thing, but it's like, if you don't get this energy out, it turns inward and becomes like depressive. So like, yeah. like I gotta do something with this or it's going to get like a diminishing return or like a reverse effect. And then I'm going to be all fucking bummed out. So are you still, um, are, are you still filming stuff or? Yeah. So I was pretty much the one that was filming all that shit um, when we were growing up and then, uh, I got into like the whole bodybuilding, powerlifting industry, and mm -hmm. I was kind of the camera guy where I would follow these world-class athletes uh, and these powerlifters all over the country and just kind of, you know, film them and like a, uh, you know, eating all over these different places, traveling, going to all these destinations into That's the awesome. gym. And I would edit that, so it kind of translated into that. And now uh, we have our own company, and we're doing the same exact thing with different athletes, so... It kind of carried awesome. over, which is pretty cool. But there's been many different times where it's like, fuck, this whole fucking little USD disc is fucked. Or like, this had no audio. Or, you know, you kind of like bite your fingernails trying to hope that everything works out. But you get these little moments. But yeah, man, it, it, uh, it carried over. It's, it's awesome. That's awesome. I still yeah. love doing it. So yeah, I, that's, that's cool. And I think, I think for you, man, it's like, you know, when, like you said, when you're going through everything and you're kind of, you know, a product of your environment where you're hanging out with these guys, you're drinking, you're doing drugs. Like I was doing all that uh, where I would do party drugs and drink, but I didn't really have that addictive personality. So on top of that, that kind of puts things a little bit, you know, more south. But I think just you funneling that into videography and editing and doing, you know, borrowed happiness and stuff like that is, is fucking awesome. And I, I wish you a lot of success in the future with that, man. It's awesome. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. And the same with you, man. I think it's really cool that you, you stuck with it. And, and then, like you said, it just it kind of just kept evolving. And that and it's so it's so fucking rad. It's it's such a cool thing. And and like and like you were saying, Ray, like if that's my new drug, man, it's a lot healthier new drug. You know, like yeah, not that absolutely. it's necessarily new because it's always been there, but it's something that like. I have to do and uh, and I've learned in a new way too, you know, like um, we're just going in different, you know, on a bigger level, like learning more and, and get my hands on a lot more stuff. And, and that's rad. Yeah.
Awesome. I'm just oh, happy somebody else I know has watched Borrowed Happiness. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I, I was like, whoa, look at that. I, I can't <laughs> see like I, I've never I've always kept up with you guys because we're the same age. So the reason I became because I it was word of mouth. I don't know who it was. It was in high school. I heard somebody say, yo, you got to check this video called CKY2K out. Trying to find it back in 99, yeah. 2000 on the Internet was like cracking a case as a cop. So <laughs> I remember I got Scott. I said, I got these tapes. We got to watch them. And we watched them. And then what made your comedy great was not everybody. It's not for everybody. Right. But for the people that it is for, it's I always said what makes comedy great is something that you can uh, go always go back to and recite. That's what we do at all the CKY videos, the uh, one-liners and all that the kiki stuff. But <laughs> the fact that after you watch it once, your first reaction is usually, what the fuck did I just see? <laughs> well, I got to go back and watch it again. And then you just keep going back. And then you grab somebody else go, yo, watch this shit. And then it just it kind of spitballs out of control. So uh, I've always kept up with you guys. Do you find it like humbling or like are you amazed that it's been 20 plus years almost, if not over, that yeah. you still have the following you do with everybody because we all felt like we were part of your gang. And I think that's yeah. what made you. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, 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 I guess, I guess if humbling is the word I, I feel, I just feel like honored and grateful that, that people relate to it. And, and it's so awesome to like, hear that you know like just to hear that from you now it's it's so cool and and, and to hear that is it is it dirt malone or what is your name <laughs> yeah it's just dirt dirt. Malone, baby. That's yeah, it. all right <laughs> so so to hear that from dirt you know like uh it is like it, it's just it, i guess the word is humbling it, it's really it's i'm honored and it's awesome that in some weird way i was a, i was a part of something that helped inspire others, you know, and I realized that for myself that I was lucky to be a part of something, you know, and um, something like that. And, and, and it's, it's been so fun. And, and when you mentioned that about like, watch it, and then you're like, what the fuck did I watch? I got to go back and watch it. That in a sense, I will tell you, that was our whole fucking goal. Hmm. Yeah. And, and just to hear that you said that is like, that's awesome. Because the CKY videos, that was our whole goal was to edit it in a way that it was quick and that you don't even know what the fuck just happened. And then there was something in the background that you had to see too. And there was other shit that you're like, hold on, rewind that. Like what just fucking went on? You know, like yeah. that, that, that was the whole ADD. goal. Yeah. The ADD editing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the whole goal. At that time in, you know, in the turn of the century kind of thing, the internet wasn't that big of a deal. Like it was like no. AOL, like yeah. to like download one I picture, you know? So like, so at that time, that was the thing of like, dude, everything's such a slow thing. Like you wanted to hurry up, like get to the fucking point, you know, and that, yeah. and that I think, you know, in a way sort of shifted some things. But um, yeah, you were also ahead of your time, because if you look at society now, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. It's just I, I do. I feel I feel really like I feel grateful to have been a part of something so, so fun. And, and then and then to hear you guys say like, oh, you got inspired from it or whatever. And, and that's really cool. And. Um, and, and, you know, I've had some, some people tell me that like, dude, I picked up a camera because of that and we wanted to film this. And it's like, dude, that's the fucking greatest thing. Cause that I will say our whole goal was to make people laugh and then get them rewind it and watch it again. Mm -hmm. Then the side thing that happened as a result that we never could have predicted is that 
it would inspire others to pick up cameras and get creative and do stuff. And that, that's fucking awesome. Like that's yeah. the best thing is the Madam Flounder's pussy was the most yeah. famous bush in all the land. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some bitch at the Aston Mall did. Yeah. I still can't I I still can't go to a Burger King drive thru without going, Oh, I thought this was Steak King. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now will we the one question I need to know, will we ever and we're I'm working trying to get Joe Franz to come on, he's gonna be very upset you didn't give him credit. But are we ever gonna get a CKY five? Oh, you mean, in, oh, sorry. I wasn't not giving Joe Franz credit. I was giving. <laughs> I said that as a joke. because I know, I, but now I feel bad because I just talked <laughs> to Franz today. Um, no, obviously Joe Franz was the one credited for like, I mean, everything. But uh, the skateboarding stuff, Joe was not great. a part of that. Um, but like, um, yeah, as far as the CKYs, Haggards, uh, Viva La Bam, all, you know, yeah, Joe Franz. But um God damn, that made me feel bad. But <laughs> but no, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Fr yeah, Franz will come on, dude. I was just talking to him today. He's uh, he's actually putting together some little, like some little highlight clip thing of a CKY thing that he's gonna put out in like a week. Um, oh, that's like good. some stuff with Novak. Stuff with me. Right. What's that? Awesome. Yeah, because I talked to him like about a month ago. I touched base with him, and he something happened with one of his friends. So I haven't heard back. He told me to get back to me. So. Oh, yeah. he, I'm sure he will at some point. Yeah, no, I'm not. Here. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Well, what were we saying before that? Will there ever be a CK5? Oh, no, there won't. No, absolutely. No. Uh, yeah, like, um, it's one of those things. Here's the thing like, Going there's a new top. jackass. Um, I, I did some camera work on it. It's fucking oh. funny. It's, uh, it, it's awesome shit. I, I was there for about half of it. It was such a weird thing because. The pandemic shut us shut us down yeah. a couple different times, and then I ended up jumping on another show, and then they were going on, and they were gonna, and they, but their schedule was like a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there, and I was like, I need to take this more uh, consistent thing, and so I did that. But I worked on about half of it, and, and it's really fucking funny, and it's gonna be awesome, and it's and it was fun to be back on set with everybody and laughing our asses off and doing funny shit, and um. And that's rad. Now, as far as CKY5, the, the trouble there is that, you know, I, I miss all those guys. I, I hang out with Jess Margera a lot. Like, I was just over there yesterday. Um, and um, he, he's got a rad thing going. He, he fucking, he got uh, Prince's soundboard from Paisley Park. So wow. now they're recording on Prince's soundboard. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. He, I know. Yeah. Ellie, that was the same reaction I had. I wouldn't even want to call me that on the phone. I was like, wait, hold up. What? Like Prince? Like, is this for real? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, like Prince? He's like, yeah, dude, like from Paisley Park. I'm like, what? How the fuck did you do that? And then is Joey Stumpo, this dude who's a, who's a roadie dude who we've known forever. He had got, he's friends with the dude who's managing the uh, Paisley Park. And then they had to offload. They had a few of them and they had to offload them because they're turning Prince's thing into a museum, which... Hi depending on how you feel about it is kind of eh, whatever, mm. but um, you know, cause they, eh, I don't know. I have mm. funny feelings because yeah. this, here's a guy who, who did not want to be the company man. And now they're like making him the company man. So anyway, um, I think it's kind of blasphemy, whatever. But the fact is they have just got, uh, he got an opportunity to get it and got it. And uh, 
And so now they have it and they're recording. They're recording some really awesome shit on it. Um, Anthony Green from Circus Survive um, is singing like a song. Um, okay. they, they did a cover song of a Ween song. And uh, actually Neil Fallon from Clutch has put together um, a, a, an album that is sort of covers and then a couple originals. And it's, uh, it's made so that um, any of the proceeds that they generate from it are, is being put towards an organization that works on uh, taking down online predators. So awesome. I'm not sure exactly what the organization's name, but, um, but they've taken down 20 people so far, but it's wow, cost damn. a lot of money to pay the hackers to be able to find these assholes that are doing sick shit to kids and whatever. So like, so Neil Fallon, that's his fucking thing. We're like, Jess and I were always talking like Neil Fallon. I don't know if you know the band clutch, but they're fucking the shit. And, uh, and Neil, we were like, if Neil, we, we thought he couldn't get any cooler and then he ended yes. up just being that much fucking better because yeah. now he's fighting fucking online predators and doing rad shit and making music to be able to, uh, to help with that. And, um, Neil Fallon's one of those dudes I talk about. He's like the only dude I ever got starstruck from. And, uh, and a lot of people don't even know who he is, you know, like, not, not say a lot of people, his band's been very successful, but it's not mainstream like that. Not commercial, and, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, you know, they're like, oh, who have you been, you know, who have you met? And you're like, oh, we hung out with Sean Penn for a few days. We uh, we have Ben Stiller, all these, Drew Carey, all these people, Brad Pitt, all, these, all this, all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, all of it is like, it's cool, but you're all regular people. How you doing? Good to see you, whatever. Then, like, when Neil Fallon came, to uh one of the cky shows i was like oh like yo <laughs> like yes like what holy shit i didn't know he was coming and then like and he's like man what's the matter i'm like because oh, like my whole childhood i listened to clutch and like i love his fucking music i think that dude's brilliant as hell so then i like just got nervous i'm like i never knew i never had that feeling before mm, and yeah. he was the one that i had that but he He's a guy who's he's incredible. If you don't know the band Clutch, you should check them yeah, out. Yeah. Um, they're fucking rad. And uh, but anyway, yeah, they're recording. I'm I've been hanging out with Jess a bunch. They're recording stuff on Prince's soundboard, which is fucking rad. That's that's and, awesome. Yeah. Not to sound weird. I mean, I don't care, but please like send a video to some to like one of us of you guys like jamming out on that soundboard because that's. <laughs> Well, awesome. I, I did a, I did a, um, I, I, I'm trying to start my podcast back up and um, oh, did an episode. Right. I did an episode with Jess over there at the board. Um, so that'll be coming out in a little bit. I, I've got three of them recorded. I'm going to try and get 10 of them done and then I'm going to start. Uh, and then Is start Deke on one? No. Did you get no, no way. He's never yeah. doing it, is he? I know he's never doing it. No. Um, yeah. No, people are like sick of that. Yeah. The people will ask, and I'm like, that. dude, yo, and I, I'm not trying to call him out and be a dick right now, but yo, <laughs> I flew back from LA to to Westchester because he said he would do it, and I was oh. there with the oh. shit, and then he's like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, damn. <laughs> I was like, you know, so um, so, but here's the thing, he's an he's a great friend, and, and I love him, and um, and we said this a long time ago when things got weird. And, uh, and, and like the business got involved and shit got weird. It was like, we said that to each other at that point it was like, look, our friendship is, is first and foremost. And if anything of this other stuff gets in the way of it, then it's time to like put that shit on hold and just be friends. And, um, and so that's what we've done. And, and Brandon has been really happy not being in front of the camera. You know, he's a family man. He's got 
kids and a wife and all that and he just wants to live a life like that and and i don't blame him because uh because even though i keep doing it because i love it the, the business is a gross fucking thing and uh and i think it was like jay leno said it he was like look as long as you don't try to marry that hooker then you'll be all right and that's like what that hollywood is it's like don't treat hollywood like it's the it's the girl you want to bring home to mom treat it like it's the hooker that it is you know and uh and I don't mean that any disrespect to hookers because I've had some fun. But I, <laughs> but I mean, you know, like it's just that, you know, it can be a gross sort of situation where you get taken advantage of, you get used for whatever, and then you get spit out. And uh, and so I can totally understand where he's coming from and, and, and not really wanting to be involved in that anymore because he's got a nice, happy life, got a good job, good stuff, good, good wife, good kid, like all that. And so I try, I've tried, I've tried pretty hard. I flew back to get him on there and he, and he was, it's like, at last minute he's like, uh, is it terrible that I don't want to do it? I'm like, nah, dude, you gotta do what you want to do. Yeah. 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 Rob, I could safely say, and I speak for everyone here, like we got so much out of this that like more than we ever could have thought as far as like updates and like what you've been this up to the crew is really awesome. We do one final thing before we let you go. It's called gun to your head. It's one question each. It's just to have a little fun. We did get a little darker, so we got to lighten the mood. So uh, okay. we do a little, it's like wordplay questions. You just got to pick, uh, pick what, what, uh, what the answer is. So it's really weird. You'll see, you'll see. Ready? So I'll start for one week. Would you rather use a towels as paper or paper as towels? Towels as paper. Okay, that makes sense. Do we have what? to say why or whatever? Oh, no, 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 you can if you want to elaborate. I just don't want a bunch of paper cuts on my dick and balls <laughs> and my asshole and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think of that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Ellie, you're up. All right. Uh, no, come back to me. I just right. <laughs> Who? Trev, you got one? Yeah, so I was going to say, all right, gun to your head. I give you a blue pill. You go back. Your whole freaking, all the life gets erased, and you go back to your childhood where your bald-headed kid with racist is gone. <laughs> and then you relive your life doing everything that you were doing leading up to this day with the blue pill. Or you take the red pill, and you become an Amish man who lives in Lancaster, and you have all the money in the world. What is it? <laughs> Wow, that's Ooh. very in depth. Like, that's a good well, one. I mean, I, I'm that, random, I so. feel like okay. So I would take the blue pill immediately, um, and, right. and I take the red pill too. No, uh, but uh, <laughs> I I think like because it feels like to be an Amish person with all the money in the world, it feels like such a prison. You know, like right. like am I gonna get to have a Rom Springer or or do I have to fucking <laughs> stay there? Horse and buggy, man, and that's it. Uh, just, yeah, if I can't go out and, and go to Cancun and go buck wild, unless you go on the show leaving Amish, and then you can just start your Yeah, that's what I'm there. saying. If I get that with all the money, then maybe I'll try that. But no, I, I, uh, it could be I have no regrets, adult. man. I would, I, would I would live that life again, you know, in a heartbeat. Raymond? Nice. I'd like to hear that because I'd like to watch it again. The um, <laughs> At your age right now, like, Tonight or tomorrow, you had to fill one more stunt. Either you pissed on the electric fence again, or you do one more shopping cart. What one would you choose? Oof. Depends who's pushing. Well, I'm too old and out of shape to do a shopping cart. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I'd have to just sacrifice my dick, you know. I guess. <laughs> At this point, it's like, That's do you really need it to work anymore? I mean, there's pills for that. 
Yeah, exactly. So that's actually <laughs> grit your teeth. I still don't understand how your teeth are connected, but. So yeah, I don't like, know. It was just like, yeah, it ends up being like, I think it was just that because it was a whole body sort of thing or whatever. But yeah. I picture you like seeing going shopping at like ShopRite or Acme and like getting the fetal position when you see a shopping cart. There's like, <laughs> just all that trauma. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> okay, to Ellie's point, that's what led me to. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? I think we didn't really touch on that is that the, it did become easier to take pain pills and these other things because of like shit, because of injuries. And then it, you got an excuse and then you're like, all right, well, fuck, I might as well, you know, this, I it probably, it'll help. And then, and then it'll help turns into like, well, you should have stopped that three months ago, you know, like, well, um, I've, yeah. yeah, I've, I've heard Novak say that in like recent interviews where he said like, he didn't want to do it, but he's like, uh, the worst that can happen is I break a bone. At least I can go to the doctors and get pills. So like, yeah, right. it was kind of like that. Well, his, like, his, that's, cause that's the cart before the horse. He's the addict going, Hey, uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll break my arm. I can get the pills. <laughs> like, whereas, <laughs> whereas we were like breaking the arm and then you slide into the pills. Novak was fucking <laughs> shooting that dope before anybody now, but I, I love him, dude. He, he, uh, he's one of those fucking stories that you're like just, yeah just blown away and so psyched for him and, and that he's he's doing really well and and he's helping a fuck ton of people and and yeah. uh i've been witness awesome. to that and i've been there with him uh you know on uh, some events like rock for recovery and some cool shit that uh that i've gone to with him and and uh just to see what he's doing it's it's amazing man like he, he was uh he was in a dark hole and i'll tell you what it's funny because uh right when ryan past um i was a year and nine months sober and and uh and i was struggling but i was like you know i was in grief and all that stuff but then novak was in prison and then he got out of prison and we all met up to hang out and like he came up to me and he was all drunk like out of prison and he's like yeah i was like god something's fucking different with you like what's going on i was like I was like, I'm sober, dude. You know, I was like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. And he goes, oh, good, man. You fucking needed it. Like, I was like, <laughs> like, I'm like, you, I'm like you've been shooting heroin and sucking dicks for it in, in abandoned houses, and you just got out of prison and you're drunk as shit, and I needed it. But it was like, but that's the way that we did shit, you know? Like, like I would always point it off on him, like, yeah. you're doing that. Like, I, I'm fine. And he would be like, well, Rab fucking drinks and does way, like, more cocaine than I ever did. Like, he's fucking way worse. And then, like, and then I'll be like, well, you did heroin. And he's like, well, that's not bad. It's just a little heroin, you know? Like, so everybody's, like, making up excuses. Right. And yeah. the real so fact of the matter was, you surround yourself with people that drink and do drugs the way you do so that you can point yeah. your fingers at them so you don't have to Deflection. No. I'm still not that bad. I'm still not, like, that bad. Like, I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. So it's a yeah, second exactly. going. Yes. Ellie, did you think of one or no? Okay, yes. Would you rather drink through your skin or taste through your eyes? What did you say, drink through my skin? Yeah, like frogs do. <laughs> She does oh. animal podcast. Wait, okay, yes, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Wait, drink through my skin or taste or through my taste through your eyes. I think drink through my skin. That seems like it would be like. I, I think it would be pretty. I don't know. It seems like it would be beneficial. Like it's you curious. could just like like if it rains, you could just walk outside and get get like hydrated. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Not to mention touching your eye is weird. So to like put a hot dog in it. Yeah. Why did you like go like I love it, putting a hot dog in your eye. Yeah. I mean, it's getting dark. <laughs> Rob, I, I just yeah, I want to say like to thank you. Like, I feel like we have so much more information. We made like if you would like to do it again, just let us know. Like every one of us is a fan, and we just look up to you guys. For Dude, years, it's so. been awesome to be on here with you. I appreciate you guys asking me to come on, man. It's been fun. And everybody, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, what yeah. Saying, me? Oh, no, I was going to say, I'm not trying to make anybody feel old here, but, like, you guys have, like, you guys have, like, fans in every generation. Like, my dad's a boomer. I'm yeah, 27. Yeah. Like, okay, I mean, boomer. <laughs> like, I mean, you guys, you guys have, like, real, you've touched, like, multiple generations. Like, we used to do Schwartz Family Jackass at my house, and it was my dad, my brother, and I, my mom would be losing her shit, like, now we're not doing this shit in my, you know, or whatever, like, with, whatever, you know, I mean, you That's guys. That's awesome. You, you well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask that and totally judge your parents when you see people watching <laughs> it when you were growing up with your dad. I was like, wait, how old are you? Because <laughs> I'm like, you were like seven years old, maybe. Yeah, right? I was, yeah, I was like seven or eight, and my dad, you know, my mom was like, don't let them watch that, and my dad's like, all right, your mom's just like, your mom went upstairs, come on, like, okay, mom's bed now, get down here. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome yeah, yeah that's and awesome. We, like Schwartz family jackets and I was usually the guinea pig like they he and my dad <laughs> zipped me up in a suitcase and then I was like okay well don't roll it and then of course they put it on the side and started mo fucking moving it and I was like that's bullshit <laughs> and then mom yeah. comes in she's like what are you guys doing like you, you know all that good stuff but yeah and then you guys like spawned an entire movement and that's I mean hilarious. it's been awesome to to talk to you because again you guys are like the cool kids growing up it's like man those guys are really cool and they're just always having fun i mean like <laughs> seven year old there's a little bit more that comes with it but it's like fuck that's really awesome and you know they're really funny and they're doing all this cool shit but yeah no it's it's been a yeah. real honor and joy to be oh, able to talk to i appreciate that it's funny Ellie, I can totally before relate. social media yeah wow. i can totally relate to being the guinea pig of the family i have two older brothers and they would like oh, so they know. would strap me to the sled and like launch me off of a fucking jump and like i broke my nose when i was like five i think because they threw me off this jump and I landed in a tree and smacked my face. It was one of those like those those sleds that has a steering wheel with the right, yeah, yeah. front. And uh yeah, I smacked my nose and then I was bleeding and they were like, Don't tell mom, don't tell mom. I'm like, like how do I not? I'm fucking how we not tell mom? That's an older brother. That's an older brother thing, because that's Scott. I was the same way. You'd make sure they're like breathing, be like, don't tell mom, don't tell mom. I'll yeah, do, like, yeah, don't do yeah. anything. Yeah. 